first. If you can buy in and believe and trust that God has a place for you in his kingdom, on his team, then quit arguing with him. What does it say? Matthew didn't ask Jesus a question. A lot of us would ask, okay, Jesus, where are we going? I'll follow you if you tell me first where we're going. I'll follow you, Jesus, if you tell me what we're going to do. Like, we might be doing something I don't want to do. Or he might say, what are we going to do? Because I might not like the answer because it's going to mean I got a lot of work to do. Matthew responded by faith. He saw Jesus for who he was. He honored God. And when he saw the Spirit of God speak, he didn't argue, he didn't fuss. He obeyed. Faith follows. Write that down. That's for free today. Faith follows. Now, it doesn't just follow any old thing. It follows the truth of God. If the spirit of truth is dealing with your heart and an area of your life, or if it speaks truth over a certain person, place, or thing, if you recognize it as being spoken by the spirit of truth, faith follows. End of story. When it comes to our gifting, if the Holy Spirit has shown you you're gifted to preach and teach, don't argue. Follow. Will it be scary? It will be at times. There are some Sundays when I wake up and I, I still tremble a little bit on the inside. It's, it's a trembling of excitement, but it's like, Jesus, I, I got a lot going on in my life. I need you to show up today. And guess what? He shows up every Sunday. If he's gifted you to play guitar or play drums or to sing, follow the word. Faith follows. Will there be moments where you'll be tempted or have questions that you don't know the answer to? Yes. If God has called you to, to help in children's church, faith follows. Quit arguing. Because when you're not in the game, those that are in the game, some of them might need a breather. Also, if God has told you to get in the game, the thing that is going to help continue fill your faith tank. See, the enemy knows if you would start walking in your gift, you're going to be more excited about God and more excited about Jesus. When you score a touchdown for Jesus, there ain't no other feeling in the world like it. It's addicting. And when you score a touchdown for Jesus, the enemy knows that that little battle, that little fight of doubt in your head may be over because you're going to experience something real and powerful. And so if we can just keep sitting on our excuses, nah, I'll get committed to a team next month, ne next year. As long as we do that, we just, the kingdom of God suffers and we lie to ourselves. Every person in this room has a gift, has a person that you can reach for Christ that I can't, that your neighbor can't. You have a specific purpose, plan, and future just for you. And if you're serving God, praise God. Like I said, stay faithful, keep, keep serving. But if you're on the fence, 
get off the fence today. Look at that next point. We are our first point today, actually. <clears throat> Look what it says. So Christianity is not about being a fan. Somebody say fan. It's about being a follower of Jesus. God is calling us out of the stands and into the playing field. It is time for us to get in the game. Did you know there's a difference between being a fan and being a follower? I have met a lot of Jesus fans. They like what he teaches. They like what he preaches. They may even buy some of his merchandise. But at the end of the day, they, they like their lives better. And they like their sin better. And they can be a fan as a spectator from afar of Jesus. And they stay on the bench of their lives instead of being engaged in the things of the kingdom of God. On the playing field, y'all know we're in a spiritual battle, right? Every day when you leave your house, you engage in spiritual warfare whether you want to. Believe it or not, it's there. And so we can't especially expect God to do big, amazing, supernatural things in our church if we come to church with a fan mentality. If you come to church to be entertained, you might need to find a different church. It's not my job to entertain you. It is not the worship team's job to entertain you. It is their job to hear from God and to do what he said. It's our job to rally the troops, to be excited about what God said, to inspire us all to go together. And if you have enough fans together in a room and they overtake the followers, cancer can begin to breed. Because you know what, about, know what I know about fans? They'll fill up a stadium. If you watched football yesterday, 100,000 fans, 80,000 fans in a stadium watching football. All screaming at the tops of their lungs. Telling the coach what they should call. Criticizing the play that they called. But guess what? Not a single thing they say or scream or shout has any really, somebody say really, effect on that game. Because the only people that actually get to impact the game is those that are in it. Those that are by faith doing what God called them to do. And at the end of the day, if it's good enough, praise God, at the end of the day, if it's, if it's not, they may lose. But this is more than about wins and losses, guys. If we live for Jesus, we can't lose. It's about doing what God said. And at the end of the day, having our team of people, each person fulfilling their purpose, encouraging each other. And the noise can't affect that. A lot of Monday morning quarterbacks. Y'all ever heard that term? <laughs> that translates to church too. A lot of Monday morning quarterbacks at work. Yeah, church was not very good last yesterday. I didn't sing my favorite song. Something wrong with the pastor. He's really weird and he just was all over the place. And I didn't agree with what he said and if I was the pastor, oh, I would change this and this and this. And if they only knew how bad they was doing here and here and here, 
don't ever expect that your pastor knows everything that's going on within the church. It's my job. It's my, my prayer that I know what's going on. But I got so much going on, I can't know it all. I need a team of people to help tell me what's going on. And see, fans, they'll critique, they'll criticize. But you know what they do? They strategically separate themselves from the vision because it makes them feel better about themselves. They're doing it all wrong. So I'm right. And if I'm not in the game, then I'm not accountable. Come on, somebody. To play in my part and doing what God called me to do. Stop worrying about what your brother who's actually in the game, trying his hardest, doing his best. We all have bad days. Don't criticize your brother for putting everything in him, in him for it to pour out of him. And for you to just stay cushy in your seats and, and do whatever it is you think you need to be doing or what they're ever doing and just worry about you. And if God's told you to get involved, get involved. Stop asking questions and trust God. Fans are great at criticizing and complaining. Followers just do what God said. Nothing's going to persuade them or talk them out of the plan, the personal plan that they know God has spoke over them. Look at James 2.17. Talk about faith for a second. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces, somebody say produces. If you're joining us online, put that in the chat today. Produces good deeds. It is dead unless it's useless. In Hebrews, what does it say about faith? Faith without works or deeds is so faith isn't something that we just believe. I really feel like the Lord showed me when I actually buy in, when I actually by faith believe, then I'll just simply do. Right? It's not just this routine that I, that I do or this, this, help me Holy Spirit, this invisible thing. Faith is not an invisible thing that I just I keep away from people or locked away. Faith is a very real, tangible thing. People should be able to see your life and see faith. See faith everywhere. Oh, he got that job by faith. Oh, he, he, fulfills, him, he fulfills and lives that job out by faith because he prays for people. He's inviting people to church. He should be able to look at your family and say, he, he lives by faith. They pray together. They, they open their word together. Faith is not some invisible thing. And so getting in the game of our faith is a very real and physical thing and an external thing. How, how, how do I prove to God and to others and to my church that I, I'm fully engaged in the kingdom of God? There should be a, 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 a team that you're on at Liberty Church and a group that you're in. We're going to talk about that today. If that's Step one, if you're not on a team here at Liberty Church... And you're not in a group. You're missing a mark somewhere. I'm not saying you're a sinner. I'm not saying that you're imperfect. I'm just setting some steps for you. Some practical growth steps. How do you get to the top? You need a stairway. You need to take the steps. 
So if I'm already on a team, there's step one. If you're on a team, are you in a group? There's step two. So I want to provide those practical three steps for you today if you want to learn and grow and go because as we just read, faith by itself isn't enough. You can't grow to the level God wants you to grow and blossom by yourself. You can't serve God with everything in you by yourself. And you can't go where God has ordained you to go to lead others by yourself. You need others to, to pick you up, to dust you off, to help you, to teach and help lead and guide you. You need good Christian friends that can speak truth to you. Faith is more than a belief, it's an action. I know this about followers. Followers understand this truth. They know that they need Jesus, they need the Father, they need the Holy Spirit, and they need others. Because in the midst of the darkness, even your best, your most powerful, your strongest Christians, they all have dark days. And even in the midst of their darkness, they understand that they're going to continue to follow. They're not going to be a, a fan. Fans in the midst of darkness, oftentimes, they jump ship. You look at people's favorite sports teams. They start, they're used to winning and they're starting to go down. A lot of your bandwagon fans, right? It starts to get ugly and bad for the team and they, they're like, I'm done, I'm off, I'm off the ship. I have seen a lot of Christians come in and out of these doors. They sense or think that we have dark days, dark moments, and they jump ship. They're no longer coming here. They have found another church, and that is okay. But what I know is not okay is if God has not released you to jump ship or to find another church and you want to jump ship or jump from your team or jump from your responsibilities just because you're tired, that is unforgivable. Because if God hasn't released you, then that responsibility is still yours. Can I be honest with you guys? The last few months, me and Pastor Jessica have seriously thought about, is this what God wants us to keep doing? When we launched this campus over five years ago, close to five years, we left with a launch team of about 20 people. And me and Pastor Jessica, and I'm not sharing this so you can say, look at us or celebrate us. We are the only two original members from that launch church, from that launch team that still come to church here. From that original team. And so we have seen people fall through the cracks, go. Some of them have valid excuses. That's okay. If God said it, that's your personal worth. But if he didn't say it, and you're just tired, that's between you and him. That's between you and him. And so I share that as me and Pastor Jessica are contemplating, is this really what God wants us to do? Can I keep doing this? Am we the right people for this? At the end of the day, 
Oh, y'all pray for us. But God has not released me to step down or to tell Pastor Keith, you need to find somebody else. Why? Because God hasn't released me yet. I'm accountable to that. To you guys. Amen? Y'all pray for your pastors. Well, next point. So, how do we get out of the stands and into the game? And if I was going to edit this on the fly, I'd say, <laughs> based on what I just shared, stay in the game. Say that with me. Stay in the game. If you're not in the game, I hope to encourage you to get in the game today. And if you're already in the game, I hope I can encourage you to stay in the game today. We have to come out of the darkness and deal with the fear that keeps us out of the game. Right? And so that kind of is twofold. If I'm already in the game, I got all these other things I'm dealing with. Am I tired? Am I the only one that's showing up and doing this every single week? No one's thankful. No one's telling me thank you for what I'm doing. No one's seeing the sacrifice that I'm putting in. You got to stay in the game. You got to come out of the darkness of lies and the pit of hell. And you got to declare life and the vision of God over you over and over and over again. That's what I have to do over me. That's what me and Pastor Jessica have to keep continuing to do over us in the midst of darkness as we're struggling to see this church grow, truly thrive, and do what God's called us to do. On the flip side of that, if you're not in the game, you got to come out of the darkness of, of doubt, of fear, of can I really do that for God? Is God really calling me to do this? Can I really make an impact? They've already got like three receivers. They've already got three or four media team members. They already have three people on the worship team. they, they got enough people, it seems like, in children's church. No, we don't have enough. Yes, you can do it. We can't lose because our king never loses. And if God spoke to you, he'll equip you to do the thing. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He doesn't, he doesn't say, okay, I've called you to do this thing. Good luck in trying to figure it out. When he calls you, he equips you with all the people, the resources, the tools, the gifts necessary to fulfill the job. So I promise you, if God spoke it, he will fulfill it. Fear wants to keep us in the state of disbelief, right? We have to trust that God said. We have to trust that God really wants us in the game. You can make an impact on the playing field within the kingdom of God. And this is what you got to know. Finding your position on God's team in the kingdom of God is crucial to the success of that team, right? Finding your personal gifting and your position on God's team is crucial to the success of God's team. And our heart here at Liberty Church is to help you figure that out and to find that specific place that God has for you. How do we do that? I, I shared earlier, we got systems in place. Our Connect class every third Sunday after church helps you do that. Our Grow class and Encounter Weekends that we have in place, help you do that. Our small groups that we're launching today, they help you do that. Open your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy. I'm going to give you a verse, 1-7. And actually, I, I believe Tracy, Miss Tracy, you, you quoted this during worship this morning. God's on point. It says, for God has not what? Given us a, what does it say? Say that again. Okay. 
But it says the power and love and a power and love and a sound mind. So when I'm operating in, living in, stuck, entrenched in the spirit of fear, you got to know that's not from God. That's not the voice of God. Being a Christian, I'll experience moments where, I don't want to say the word fear, but timidity or, or questionable doubt will arise. But in those moments, I remind myself, I don't have the spirit of fear. I have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We've been spending seven weeks on the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the same spirit that led Jesus Christ himself living and dwelling inside of me. So what can I not do? What can we not do? What can we accomplish with that spirit? Anything. We could outgrow this church in six months if we let the spirit of Christ lead us, compel us, move us. Now, he'll move us in uncomfortable positions, in uncomfortable moments. I'm not saying he'll grow this church in our comfortability. No, you can't can't go farther. You can't go bigger. You can't go wider without experiencing pushback, setbacks, without experiencing moments of how is this going to work. We can't do that without living by faith. At the end of the day, we have to trust God, trust each other, and trust the vision. And if we remember that we have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, and the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, and we can buy in, why not us? Why not us? If not us, it's because of us. It's not because Jesus can't, or Jesus won't. If not us, it's at the end of the day, because of us. We cut our nose off to spite our face. We get offended at our brothers and our sisters. Or we want to argue and fuss and battle and fight and be offended. And if, it's, if not us, it's because of us. If, if we can get past that and be united in Christ as the body of Christ then we can win. Look at that next point. It's a question. Kind of alluded to this already. I want you to write it down today too. So the connection question. What team are you on and what group are you in? These are two practical questions. If you're a member at Liberty Church that you can see, am I really connected? If you've been coming to church longer than 30 days and you're not on a team somewhere, on the children's service team, going to sub recovery, helping there, helping in the media team, helping on the worship team, being an usher. We have seven available ministry teams here at Liberty Church. Our outreach team, our missions team. If you're not on a team, there's strike one. How do I remedy that? It's real simple. Get with me, get with one of our leaders. Are you on a team? If the answer is yes, the next question, what group are you in? And our remedy for that today is sign up for small groups. I challenged all of my leaders, our seven-pillar leader team, to be, if you're not leading a small group, to be attending a small group 
for these next six weeks starting April 1st so that we can all double back a little bit and focus in prayer and be together in unity and in community as we're, we're seeking God's face and seeking His what He's spoken over us. Because I know this, if you're on a team and you're in a group, you're fully engaged on the playing field, you're fully connected here at Liberty Church, and you're wanting more for you and more for your family, more for your ministry, right? Those are all good things. Look at that next point. And this is why I want you to see it's so vital that you can say yes to those two questions because a ministry team, look at this, is where we labor together and where we win together. Ministry matters. Say that with me. Ministry matters. Liberty Church exists to win souls, make disciples, and destroy the works of the enemy. That's a twofold, that last statement is a twofold part of our mission statement, right? That's why we believe what we believe at Liberty Church. We really point that back to what Jesus did and how he lived on earth. We believe that Jesus did those three things. He won souls, he made disciples, and you better believe he destroyed the works of the devil. And so we want to do exactly what Jesus did. The other part of our mission statement is right there on them signs, to reach out and we want to reach out like the loving arms of Christ to a hurting, broken world, and we want to raise people up out of their pit of shame, out of their pit of sin, out of their pit of pride, and allow God to rebuild and restore their lives. How do we do all those things I just shared? We need people who are in the game playing on the play on the playing field of spiritual warfare how do we reach out to a hurting world i can't do it all myself we have teams of people that reach out and help raise people up how do we win souls we need a team of people how do we disciple people we need people to disciple people ministry matters Without it, we die, and we suffer, and souls go to hell. We can't minister without labor. Ministry is work. I oftentimes feel like I'm ministering and laboring by myself, and the Lord reminds me, you're not alone, praise God. We need others, but when we labor together on a team, oh, come on, somebody. See, I get to see the sweat and the blood and the tears and the prayers and what you're putting in, too. And it makes me want to go farther with you. Pastor Rob, I want to pick on you for a minute. Our worship leader, who I love, he said this a couple months back. He was kind of struggling. He said, you know what? I'm going to double down. I'm doubling down on the promise. When you got a teammate that's in the trenches with you in the midst of the sweat and the blood and the tears and the darkness, and they say, I'm doubling down, it inspires you to want to double down. We labor and minister together. And when we labor and minister together, we get to win together. See, when you double down with your brother, when you experience victory, 
you'll get to look back together and say, you remember when? You remember when we doubled down? We was facing death. We was facing destruction. We was facing doubt. But we doubled down and come on somebody. Here we are standing in the spoils and the riches of Jesus because he turned my destruction, my ruins into riches. And we did it together. You didn't do it by yourself, and I didn't do it by myself. He helped us. And when you labor, labor together, we win together. I know this. If we are not laboring, fulfilling all of our ministry needs within this church, and there's a lot, if we fail to labor, if we're not laboring, we're losing. Because the enemy don't give up when he's tired. Christians sure do. I'm tired. I'm good. I'm done. Someone else can come in and, and, and take my spot. Here's my jersey. The devil will never do that. He will never give up because he's tired. He knows he loses and he's still fighting. Would you keep fighting if you knew you was going to lose? Probably not. We need the same spirit, guys, to rise inside of us. And to see that what we do really matters. And if we're not laboring, we're losing on little fronts of the battlefield. If, if I'm not engaged in laboring, there's, there's a spot that I'm not fulfilling. And that spot is suffering. It's losing spiritually. Because I'm not doing what God called me to do. And I know laboring by yourself is no fun. And we need your help. Amen. Look at that. Look at Matthew 37 to 38. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I can say that's a pretty true statement. Therefore, pray, he said, to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That's what we've been doing, praying for laborers, those that will do what God has called them specifically to do. Those that don't want to labor in vain, those that don't want to labor just so that they can get a star or that they can be celebrated by others, but those that labor because they love God and they love the plan and vision that God has over them and they're going to labor no matter what. And we have a strong leadership team here. If you're on my Seven Pillars team, I want you to stand if you're in the sanctuary. Stand if you're in the sanctuary. Is that it? You can stand up too, Miss Tracy. All y'all in the media team back there, we have our children, those that lead our children's ministry, serving. We have people in the kids' rooms serving. I want to say thank you, thank you for continuing to labor, trust God, praying, and believing, and fighting alongside me. I love you. Y'all be seated. I didn't ask them to stand so that y'all could look at them. I asked them to stand because they understand where we're at and what we're going through. And they also understand what God has said and what we're believing 
and what he's going to ultimately do in Jesus' name. Amen? Look at that last point for today. A small group is where community happens. A small group is where somebody knows your name, they know your kids, they know your successes, and they know your struggles. With community, you don't have to do life alone. Being on a team matters because you have a gift that God wants to use to help others. Being in a group matters because we all have life. We have victories, triumphs, and we have bad days and things going on. And when you're in a small group, small groups are an extension of the care of the church. They go beyond what we do and what happens here on Sunday morning. It's a smaller setting. It's a smaller group. On, on Sunday morning, I try to see everybody and hug everybody and high-five everybody, but at the end of the day, it's Sunday morning conversations, right? We can't get real deep in the conversation. It's kind of like, hey, how's, how's the parents? <laughs> how's the kids? Howdy, daddy. All right, have a good day at week. That's about as deep as we can go on a Sunday morning. But when you go to small group, guess what? People get to learn about you. They get to find out you got kids, and they get to learn their names. They get to find out what they're good at and what they're, what they're doing in sports and what you're good at and what you're doing. And God uses that for ministerial care, to help encourage you, to help build you up, and create community. Say that with me, community. As I was praying, the Lord revealed to me, I believe, it breaks my heart, we are in a, a state of life with everything being seamlessly streamed on our phones and on our TVs and on every little gadget and gizmo. I often wonder, do people really strive to want community anymore? I think if a lot of us are honest, we're good with just being by ourselves on our couch. Streaming the next Netflix deal that has no eternal value. So I've been praying that there would be people in our church that desire real community, real relationships. Because if you don't have that, you're dying. A little bit outside of you is dying. God doesn't want you to be alone. And if you feel alone, you probably are. So don't stay content. Shake it up. Find somebody. Get connected. Find some real relationships. Now, you ain't got to come out, come out of the gate. and I know it can be intimidating going to someone's house and joining a small group. You're not going to dive right in talking about all your deepest, darkest secrets and sins, guys. Will there be moments where you can open up and be honest about what's going on in your life? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's like anything else. It's just one little step after the other. right? And seeing that at the end of the day will be one of your biggest blessings is when you have somebody that you know really has your back. You know what? These people actually love me. They care for me. They pray for me. <laughs> Every single person needs that. Every person needs that type of love. And that's the extension of the love of Christ through the body of Christ in a small group.
Look at 1 Corinthians, turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 26. It's about eight verses. Really, everything we're talking about today stems from these eight verses. Look how Paul describes the body of Christ. Verse 18. Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Think of your physical body, he's saying. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. <laughs> yes, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually, somebody say actually, the most necessary. Can I stop for a second? Some of you keep doubting and questioning your gift. Oh, I just can I just do this. I wish I had so-and-so's gift. The enemy will use that too. So what if you're the pinky toe? I love my pinky toe. I love it. I don't want to lose it. If I lost it in an accident, I'd be sad. I, but Ian's body would suffer. No matter how small you, you tell yourself your integral part is, it's not small. They say that your pinky toe has, is, is, is due to 99% of your balance. If you lose your pinky toe, you can barely walk. Our church is struggling in some ministry areas. I wonder if we could just get that pinky toe to say yes. How great the body would feel to get our pinky toe back. Verse 23, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, this is what I want you to get. Highlight this last verse today. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. If the body loses a part, the whole body suffers. But when the whole body is honored, the whole body gets to celebrate. So here the answer. If you are not on a team or in a group, the body suffers. The body misses out because you're not there. Every one of us, if we believe in Jesus, is a member, a part of the body of Christ. Except we're all different parts of members, but nobody's the head because that's Jesus. Other than the head, we need every other body part. And so if you're not in a small group or you're not on a team, the body of Christ is missing that part. So as I close, I want to ask you, are you really a part of the body of Christ? Because if you are, you'll be on a team, you'll be in a small group. Because faith is not an invisible thing, it's a real thing. 
And God wants your faith to be more than just a spectator, an attendee on Sunday morning. That's not a sacrifice. For you to come and just sit in the chairs on Sunday morning, that's not a sacrifice. That's a stepping stone for you to be grafted in and adopted into the body of Christ. But God wants to use all these other avenues to build you up and for you to grow and for you to be cared for so that God can do real amazing things in your life. Amen? Y'all join me in prayer. Sorry I went a little long. <clears throat> so as I close and pray over us, I want us just to, let's just get at his feet and just ask the Holy Spirit to teach and show you and to comfort you. Forgive me if I was a little harsh today, but I really want the Holy Spirit to show you. I hope I delivered the message in love. I, the, the point of the message is for you to see your value because without serving in the body of Christ, you're so valuable that the rest of the body suffers. So I want you to ask God. I want him to show you the value that you have, the things that you can bring to the table at Liberty Church, the leadership skills that you have, the gifts that you have. I want you to begin to praise him and thank him. Thank you, God, that I have those things, that you gave those things to me. And then I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you and equip you to say yes and to enter in to entering that playing field, the kingdom of God, so that God can begin to use you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for all these people, all these body parts, all these members of your body. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would equip them, you would empower them, you would comfort them, you would love them and guide them in all their ways. Be a lamp unto their feet. Be the, the still small voice that they hear. Be the only voice that they hear that you would build them up, equip them in Jesus' name. Before I close, I want to do one more thing. If, if you're born again, you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, he's your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to pray for the lost, please. But if you're here in our sanctuary or watching us online and you say, Pastor Ian, I heard everything you had to say today, but I, I, I need Jesus Christ in my life. My life's a mess. I never prayed to accept him never asked him to come into my heart, come into my life. If you want to do that, I want, I want this moment to be yours. No one's looking at you, no one's watching you, we're actually praying for you right now. If you want to pray to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I promise to be the best decision you've ever made in your life. But if you want to do that today, if he's dealing with your heart in a personal way, I want you right now just to raise your hand up really high. Raise it up, or you can stand up. If you physically want to stand up right now, one of the two, just say, hey, I want to pray to accept Jesus Christ. I don't care what anybody thinks. I need him today. If you're watching us online, put something in the chat so we know that you're praying that with us. We would love to help you online do that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you. I want to lead us all in a prayer, and y'all repeat after me. Heavenly Father, God, we love you, and we believe in you. We confess that Jesus is the King of kings, Lord of lords, and Savior of my life. 
Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins. And send your Holy Spirit so that I can live with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're glad you guys came to church today. I hope you're glad you came today too. As I said, as we get ready,